You're listening to the Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast. Before we get the show started, we'd like to say thank you to everyone who attended the 2019 Forum on Workplace Inclusion annual conference, Bridging the Gap. Your participation is the reason why the forum has grown and existed for over 31 years. Also, the forum will be moving to a new home starting July 1st. Check out the special video announcement made at the 31st annual conference on our website, forumworkplaceinclusion.org. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to the Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast. I'm Ender Goachman with the Forum on Workplace Inclusion. First, I'd like to say thank you to all of our listeners and subscribers. Your engagement with our podcast supports our growth and helps us reach new listeners. If you like what you're hearing on the Forum podcast, please consider writing a review on Apple iTunes Podcasts or Stitcher. If you've already written a review, thank you. And please consider sharing our podcast with a friend, family member, or colleague. Word of mouth from our audience is the best way the forum grows, so thank you very much for listening and sharing. In this episode of the Forum Podcast, we hear from Jaylani Hussein, the Executive Director of CareMN. Listeners can expect to learn what other people in your industry or comparable workplaces are doing to be more accommodating towards diverse religions, and that productivity and religious accommodation can coexist. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy episode 12, Best Management Practices for Accommodating Your Muslim Employees with Jaylani Hussein, the Executive Director of CARE-MN. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast, Ready for Ramadan, Best Management Practices for Accommodating Your Muslim Employees with presenter Jaylani Hussein, Executive Director of the Minnesota branch of the Council on American Islamic Relations, CARE-MN. In addition to his work with the council, Jaylani has also worked as community liaison officer at Metro State University and as a planner for the Minnesota Department of Agriculture. In 2013, Jaylani created Zayla Consultants to to develop and offer cross-cultural training workshops on East African cultures. In this podcast, Jaylani will go over the best management practices to support your Muslim clients, employees, and colleagues. We hope that you will come away with concrete ideas of how to restructure your workplace to be more inclusive, learn what the learn what other people in your industry or comparable workplaces are doing to be more accommodating towards diverse religions and ultimately leave feeling that productivity and religious accommodations can coexist. Now, without further ado, I would like to hand things over to Jelani. Thank you, Ro. Thanks for having me. Uh, And thank you for joining this podcast and benefiting from this opportunity to learn a little bit more about Ramadan. Uh, Ramadan is a really wonderful time for Muslims uh, around the world. Uh, It is the ninth uh, month of the Islamic calendar. Uh, It's a month where Muslims uh, fast for the entire month, uh, starting each day uh, before sunrise and breaking their fast at sunset. So you probably, if you've heard of Ramadan, you know a little bit of information. So in this presentation today, in this podcast, what I'm going to do is talk a little bit about this month, explain some really core aspects, and then really dive into how, as a corporate employer and how an employer itself, you be more inclusive and more welcoming to your Muslim uh, employees and share with some, uh, some stories, cases, as well as really, uh, really good practices. Number one, what is Ramadan? So Ramadan is... 
part of the religious identity of the Muslim community. It is one of the pillars of Islam. There are five pillars. Uh, one, a testament of someone uh, to enter the faith, which people say usually in the name of God, the most, great, the most gracious, most merciful. Um, and then they say, who is the last prophet? And in this case, uh, uh, belief in, in the last prophet. And then the second one is prayer five times a day. Uh, the third um, component is um, uh, giving uh, charity. Uh, the fourth is fasting. And then the fifth is a pilgrimage to Mecca if someone uh, financially and, and able to do that. The first uh, uh, pillar is actually a testament of faith. I want to repeat that a little bit. Uh, and that one is um, what Muslims believe to be a continuation of all of the faiths um, from the time of Adam. Uh, and people claim that there is no God but God except the Creator. And then they would say, um, and we believe that the Prophet is so-and-so. And, and that was what people said until the last prophet, which is uh, Prophet Muhammad, according to Muslims. So that's kind of the, the why uh, it's the fifth, it's the fourth pillar of Islam. Um, it happens uh, once a year uh, for between 29 to 30 days. The Islamic calendar is different than the regular calendar. It's about 13 days shorter and it moves because it's part, it's, used, it's based on the uh, lunar calendar. So in a span of 33 years, you would have fasted every single possible day of the calendar, of the regular calendar. So it moves each year, which means Ramadan is not going to be always at a fixed date on your calendar. It will slowly be moving. And right now it's moving backwards, uh, which means in, in this year, calendar year of 2019, it is in the uh, uh, middle of May. Um, and uh, it will be, or, or all of May, and next year it'll be creeping into April and moving all the way back to January, uh, which means also uh, fasting, uh, depending where you are, the time, the amount of time of sunlight is going to be uh, different based on what type or when do you fast in the year. So in the last four or five years, it was extremely difficult here in the U.S. because people were fasting um, in the middle of the summer, the longest uh, part of the day uh, of the year. Um, so that made it extremely challenging. So let's get uh, to exactly a little bit of timing schedule that I, I like to always give. So let me give an example here in, the, in, in, in Minnesota, for example. Um, on July 9th, um, the first prayer of the day starts at 3.45 a.m., which is the Fajr prayer. And that's the prayer where usually... Uh, you stop eating uh, and you start your fast. And then the, you go to the uh, fourth prayer of the day and that's when you break your, your actual fast uh, at 9 p.m. on July 9th. Now, obviously right now uh, in, in May, um, it is, it's, it's a, bit, uh, a little bit easier so the, the, because we're moving forward a little bit. So today, for example, uh, we stopped we stopped eating at around 4.04 a.m. and we will be breaking the fast at 8.34 p.m. So uh, almost 18 hours um, of fasting. It's a bit challenging, uh, but there's a lot of exceptions to fasting. So if you're pregnant, if you're nursing, if you're traveling, if you uh, physically cannot do it or you're ill, you're taking medication that you must have to take. Um, and in most cases, 
Uh, you can make it up if you are not able to fast during the month of Ramadan. Or if you're not physically able to even fast, um, there are uh, ways to, to, to have your fa fasting offset by donating uh, to individual who's fasting, among other ways to, to fulfill your fast if you're physically or uh, not be able to do it. Um, so uh, usually in workplaces, um, the, the main thing that we talk about are uh, scheduling. Scheduling usually is where um, we see a great deal of, of need of some flexibility. Number one, if you're having a big corporate event uh, and you are interested in engaging all of your uh, employees and even your constituents, you want to be much more uh, understanding of how the schedule shifts a little bit in the month of Ramadan for Muslims. Number one, uh, Muslims usually are now, especially in this time of the year where it's summer, uh, Muslims are up very late. Uh, so uh, at end of each night, there's a night prayer uh, that is uh, follows the last prayer of the day that people usually attend. It's called the Tarawih prayers. And this prayer um, <clears throat> right now, uh, because the last prayer of the day here in Minnesota is around 10.53 uh, p.m. or 10, 10 o'clock, uh, the second, the prayer, the Tarawih prayer starts around 10.15 and it will end uh, in about an hour, an hour and a half. So people are probably going to get home around close to 11.30. Um, and then some people, if they try to sleep, they have to wake up again around 4 a.m. to eat their last meal of the day. Some people even try to stay up because it's um, uh, just to eat uh, during that time because it's such a short time. Uh, which means um, going to work after not getting any sleep till four in the morning is sometimes extremely challenging. Uh, and that's why one of the biggest recommendations we encourage uh, uh, companies to do, which they sometimes you already have this flexibility, but it's per, per, perhaps even much more needed in this month of Ramadan, is to come in a little later in the day and stay working later. Um, and so that's something that uh, usually, uh, we, we definitely recommend and we encourage uh, companies to welcome that and encourage it as well so that your, your, your Muslim employees not only appreciate the understanding that they are you know, not getting enough sleep and they would prefer to come in later in the workday, uh, but also that they are not um, uh, pressured to show up to these early morning meetings. Uh, that way where they're not fully engaged, not fully ready, and sometimes <clears throat> not as productive as you want your employees to be. Which means sometimes even if they, if they are working from home, they could even work uh, between that 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. a little bit, uh, even though that's not the ideal working time, but they're up already at that time. Um, and so they might even be able to commute some hours uh, at that time. Um, so being flexible for uh, start time is very important. Secondly is when it's about to break fast. So that is another time that is extremely important in the month of Ramadan. Uh, usually, even if there's work meetings or events happening, uh, Muslims usually just need to break their fast and obviously pray. Uh, so if there are long meetings at night and you know it's in the middle of Ramadan, uh, be flexible enough to take a break uh, or allow for those staff members who are Muslim to take a break uh, at exactly when the prayer schedule comes in. 
um, and exactly when they are able to break their fast because that is the requirement for your fast is when the actual time comes to break your fast, you cannot wait a minute later, you have to break your fast then. And then obviously pray uh, um, the prayer, uh, the fourth prayer at that exact time. Usually it does not require that you have a huge meal at that moment, but something to break your fast with. Usually in the uh, Muslims would have uh, some water or possibly milk, some dates, um, or and then some form of, of a quick appetizer or something that they could eat quickly uh, to break their fast. Uh, and then and then later have a, a heavier meal or have their heavier meal at that exact time. So in, in most uh, nine to five jobs, uh, you, you might not have to uh, break your fast while you're at work uh, unless, uh, you know, the, the prayer moves into the winter time when uh, the sunset uh, is around, uh, you know, uh, 5 p.m. time, which usually still is is is. Um, at the end of a shift if it's a nine to five shift. So going back one more step, um, we really recommend that that you encourage uh, in the month of Ramadan for folks to come in late if that's something they prefer to do, uh, which will make them a little bit much more uh, comfortable uh, and be more productive, uh, specifically more productive. Because if you haven't got enough sleep and you're running on a four hour sleep and you're showing up to an you know, eight o'clock meeting or even less than that, uh, the productivity goes down uh, uh, very, um, uh, productivity, go, productivity levels go down really high. Um, in the Muslim majority countries where Muslims are actually working in the month of Ramadan, usually there's a flexibility around schedule and the amount of workload usually slows down in the month of Ramadan because it's a festival month. Uh, but people still can be productive in the hours where they're eating, um, or they're, if they if that's what they choose to do to continue some work. Uh, so a lot of people coming in later in the day and and uh, staying later. And even if there's uh, people who are like uh, day laborers who are working uh, construction, all of these things, they may not work uh, as many hours that they usually work. They may also work hours that are odd hours or cooler period of time of the day when the sun is not extremely hot. So they might work uh, um, early morning, right around sun, sunrise, and then they may start working again closer to sunset. Um, but there are some exceptions for people who may work in environments where they physically are not able to fast. Uh, they would have to make up their fast, obviously. So the number one uh, thing that I want to remind again in, in just a few minutes that I mentioned is flexibility of times that people come in and then flexibility around um, when they're about to break their fast. Now you're asking yourself, okay, how do I know when people start their fast and when they end their fast in the month of Ramadan? Well, there's a prayer schedule available online. And if you're wondering, uh, you can go to any real um, uh, Muslim website, but there's one called Islamic Finder that, that usually has that. And you just put in your uh, zip code or your city. Uh, and if you are uh, really modern and hip, you, there's an app for that. There's just a bunch of apps that you can download and get that information. Uh, I would also recommend that you reach out to your Muslim colleagues and ask them which apps that they're using and so that you're in line with what that is. Uh, specifically for managers and people who are directing uh, or organizing and planning, this is really critical they know when Ramadan is uh, to avoid scheduling a large event or a large gathering or, or even team building events where you really want everybody to be fully participant, including eating, to just avoid the month of Ramadan if you can avoid that. 
Um, and that also goes back to your clients. So let's say you have Muslim clients that you're working with. Um, you know, you don't want to set up a nine in the morning uh, meeting in the month of Ramadan. Just, you know, you might also offer that. Say, I know it's a month of Ramadan. Would you like to have a later in the day meeting if that would be easier or what went, when would be easier for us uh, to meet or, or have those discussions? And if you're going to have a late meeting uh, and you have clients coming over, say, hey, we would love to offer uh, uh, iftar is the, the, the terminology used for the breaking of the fast meal. Um, and say, hey, we would lo- we'd love to have iftar, and what do you recommend? Uh, or, or just being being mindful about that and communicating that to them. Uh, I think that's a very powerful way of of being inclusive and also increasing productivity, and 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 most importantly, be, being very welcoming. So, the other thing that I want to talk about uh, in the month of Ramadan uh, also is uh, around. Um, uh, specifically the holiday that follows the month of Ramadan. So in the month of Ramadan, uh, obviously it's a very uh, uh, holy month. People are really uh, spending their time with their families. And at the end of Ramadan, when the last day of Ramadan, uh, Muslims usually will go out and have their Eid festival. It's called Eid al-Fitr. If you recall, uh, iftar is the breaking of the fast. And this would be Eid means the celebration of the breaking of the fast, uh, Eid al-Fitr. And so that is the last day of Ramadan. The next day would be Eid al-Fitr. And um, start taking one step back, you're probably going to see Eid on your calendar. And you're also going to see the beginning of Ramadan on your calendar. However, there is a plus or minus on that date that you see perhaps on your Google calendar, whatever calendar is out there that that may uh, um, recognize the month of Ramadan and the beginning of it and the end of it. There's a plus or minus because the Islamic calendar is based on a lunar calendar. And there are two ways of identifying when the, the actual uh, first day is. One is a, one is a calculated method. Uh, and the other one is, um, uh, is actually uh, not a calculated method but it's an actually um, looking for the birth of a new moon, like literally going outside and looking for the, the crescent, the, 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 the birth of a new moon. And so communities usually rely on both systems. The calculated method is what usually the calendar has, but it's not 100% uh, um, uh, guaranteed. So therefore, your local community and your employees may differ on that strategy do they go as a community to look for it and determine if the new birth is of the moon is there or not so therefore the beginning of the ramadan usually there's a plus one day or minus one day that may be uh fluctuated so just be mindful about that and then the eid holiday which is also important the same thing plus or minus usually people will let you know in advance um and so and then muslims sometimes uh, may conflict on the actual day when the holiday is. So some people who use a calculated method may may actually celebrate one day versus the other. Uh, but usually uh, just be mindful that if you see it on the day, uh, does not 100% mean that that's the actual day of the beginning. It could fluctuate, let's say, plus or minus a day. Uh, so the Eid holiday, again, is very important. Uh, it's a holiday. So if you do anything at your office or your company that that celebrates holidays or recognizes holidays, uh, I would definitely recommend that. I also recommend that uh, if employees are needed to work that day and they're working some part of the day or some part of the hours, 
uh, as to increase uh, um, employee satisfaction and welcoming, you can turn that day into a you know a, a holiday pay for them as well. So that way they they recognize even if they have to work, they're being recognized for working on their actual holiday. Uh, a lot of companies do not do this or they haven't got to it. But employees who, Muslim employees who work in an environment where they are, uh, their holiday is recognized. And if they have to work for some reason, then in that case, they're rewarded for working as they would have been working on any other holiday, uh, federal holiday. Uh, then they, they see that as their employees being very responsive to their needs and recognizing uh, their holiday as well. Um, and and, and in, in this case, as we have a more diverse workforce, you realize that a lot of times your uh, Muslim um, uh, employees can also work the days where other employees can't. So holidays that uh, like Christmas and other holidays that you may have low, per, work, uh, low uh, productivity, your Muslim employees actually can work. Um, so you don't want to uh, replace Christmas holiday. You know, you want to make sure that you're paying your employees on all these holidays, but but I think having them work um, uh, if they're working to do that. Now, even if they have to work on that holiday, what they really don't want to miss is an early morning prayer with their family and the entire community. So on the Eid, uh, what happens is the first thing that happens usually is an early morning prayer usually happens and gathers in places not in mosques because the community is much larger than they're, they're usually uh, the space of their mosque. So they rent halls, they rent uh, large spaces, stadiums to actually go and pray um, their morning prayer. And that's when the entire community is coming together to celebrate uh, this Eid um, uh, festivity and with their family. And then the rest of the day is turned into really fun festival time, meeting family members, going over to each other's houses, going to eat. And then the kids eventually um, get to play with other kids, go to you know places that are um, usually uh, kids hang out or kids want to go to. So for example, um, um, one of the things that kids usually get in, in Eid holidays is new clothes, toys, gifts, money, all the, t all the types of things that that makes kids uh, really happy and excited about a holiday. So, um, and just like in Christmas and other holidays, if the uh, Eid lands on a weekday, people still celebrate that day, that full day, uh, but then they may continue further celebration all the way to the weekend uh, just to visit other families, in-laws, etc. So the Eid holiday is usually practiced very similarly to uh, other religious holidays here in the United States. Um, so uh, at times, Muslims actually to to encourage and to celebrate their holiday with their colleagues. This might have happened, and you might have been part of it. They'll bring in sweets uh, the day after their Eid holiday, or if they're working on their Eid holiday, they may bring uh, uh, some work, uh, some some sweets and some things into the office. Uh, if they are working that day too, they're going to be eating, and they're really excited about eating that day. So uh, that could be something where. Um, if you had one of those events where you were doing that uh, to, to, to encourage that as well and, and, and to celebrate that with them um, as, as part of that welcoming process. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to, to also talk about uh, in particularly around food, but holidays and food is, is very big, is labeling food. Uh, Muslims obviously do not eat pork products or anything with pork and they do not consume alcohol. 
uh, and that's what is recommended, obviously, in Islam, and Muslims usually do not do that. And so number one is food. Um, labeling is essential. Uh, so anytime you have corporate events or even potlucks, just encourage people to, to label their food um, and especially their meat options. Um, and a lot of people just, you know, make these wonderful food, but they don't realize uh, they actually uh, have pork, some pork uh, product or some byproduct of pork in there, especially in sweets. Sweets is probably the hardest one because people don't realize uh, forms of gelatin, which is which makes a lot of the sweet, um, uh, um, you know, menus. Um, it's actually re- has some elements of uh, uh, pork in it. So, uh, a lot of times Muslims are often figuring out, should they go ask the person uh, or should they just avoid it? And it's hard to be in that situation. So the more information you share about the meal or the food, the better. Um, the other thing is alcohol. And in corporate settings, there's a lot of functions where alcohol is served. And so Muslims prefer not to uh, sit on the same table as someone who's also being served alcohol. So in this case, one of the biggest recommendations we offer, one of the recommendations we encourage companies to do is to offer what I call uh, what, what is known as a dry table, a table where people who are sitting in that table um, are not consuming alcohol. Muslims can, can be in a place where alcohol is served and people are having alcohol, but on the table that they're sitting in, they prefer not to be sitting with next to someone who's also drinking alcohol. And dry tables are extremely popular and growing in company functions now. Uh, and that's something that is uh, not only uh, Muslim centric, uh, there are a lot of people who are in the AA program and people who just don't drink, who all of a sudden out of nowhere come out and, and are very appreciative of the idea of, um, uh, of, of being having a dry table. So let me give you an example a uh, couple of examples. I've just had a conversation uh, even this past week as one client called us who works in a, in a, in a, uh, uh, a tech company and his job is a bit flexible. Uh, the office is operates from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. where he works at and he wanted to come in uh, a little later in the day. Um, he usually stays up till four in the morning because it's, it's hard for him to go back to bed. Um, and he's been coming in to work a little bit tired, and he's been having a harder time explaining this to his uh, leadership. They told him that the only option they have for him is uh, to work between the six to six time, uh, which meant he would only be able to to come in maybe an hour later than he was already coming in. Um, and this company um, has, uh, you know, people who work sometimes uh, remotely at from home and, and different, you know, that they have had that flexibility. So we're working with him and to help him be able to advocate for himself and if needed be for us to advocate for him, uh, if that comes to it. So this is something that actually is happening. Uh, and especially in the corporate environment, I believe that there's, uh, more pressure, uh, indirect pressure for people not to, to, to feel comfortable, uh, particularly around their holiday. Uh, so no one is usually in a corporate setting where prayer schedules are, are there. No one is telling people you cannot pray, but or you cannot fast, or you cannot do these things. But the environment is very hostile toward anyone who is taking breaks, anyone who's showing up late to work for reasons like uh, obviously here in Ramadan. So in this month of Ramadan, one of our recommendations is to, to send a reminder 
to uh, the HR department to send a reminder to the to the manager, say, hey, Ramadan is starting. Here's wonderful tips of how to welcome it with your Muslim colleagues. And um, here are some things you should be mindful of. Early morning meetings, uh, since people are up late, you know, Muslims may prefer to be coming a little later in the day. And secondly, uh, be mindful around evening meetings where if you're praying, uh, if, if there are evening meetings that Muslims have to break their fast and pray, um, and you can even send them a schedule of the, uh, the prayer times and the breaking the fast and fasting time. Uh, reminders are always helpful because people always forget about these things. And, they, and the scheduling usually happens also um, sometimes, you know, uh, a month in advance or, or even longer. Um, and, and some of these things are very nuanced around um, how to be able to educate. So uh, it's really, really critical uh, to, to be able to, to understand how Muslims are fasting in a work environment um, and what are companies doing to, to do that. So companies that we have seen do that, they send out an email reminder to all of their managers and staff uh, so that they're always aware of the month of Ramadan. They also say, do the same exact thing that they would do in Christmas where they acknowledge the holiday uh, and remind people a little bit about a little bit of information so their colleagues and clients um, that they're aware of for their colleagues and also aware for their clients as well. And now with a lot of the corporate companies global, uh, it's even much more important for the global workforce to know these holidays and to really welcome it. Um, and so in Ramadan, uh, a phrase that usually is, is, is said to people is Ramadan Mubarak or Happy Ramadan. Uh, Mubarak is just uh, the same thing as, as Happy Ramadan. Um, and um, and that's something you could you could share to folks as you're communicating with them as well via email um, and, and and among other things um, and so that's that's really uh, an, an important and essential aspect of Ramadan I want to now explain why people are fasting so Ramadan is the ninth calendar of the Muslim uh, calendar a ninth month of the Muslim calendar it's a commandment from God and while people are not eating or drinking, they're also abstaining from sin. So they're not supposed to be fighting people. They're not supposed to be getting into altercations. Uh, and anything that would be considered uh, a major sin, people are not supposed to do. Because if they do that, they actually break their fast. So interesting enough, when you're not eating as much, you're not as energetic to run around and do a lot of crazy things. So you're more likely to also be uh, less likely to engage in these things. Um, and so um, fasting is not just from food and water. Um, it is also from, from sin. And this month is really a spiritual month that helps someone uh, reclaim themselves, uh, reconnect to their, God, to, to their creator, uh, to really repurpose themselves and become a better human being at the end of the month and use this as a, as a launching pad. So Muslims sometimes will make uh, their New Year resolutions in the month of Ramadan, um, to to see what are the things that they want to see change in their in their life and with their family. Also, outside of work in Ramadan, every night almost families are breaking their fast together. On the weekends, communities are coming together. That's when community functions usually happen. There are multiple of them where families and groups are coming together to break their fast. Uh, so it is a very uh, um, uh, social and and also spiritual month. Um, and you're more than welcome to, you know, to encourage or, or have conversations with your Muslim employees 
and I guarantee you more than likely they'll invite you to 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 come over and celebrate one of the nights with them uh, in as they break their fast or invite you to their community functions, which is another way of connecting uh, with your Muslim cl- uh, colleagues and, and, and clients. So Ramadan is a really wonderful time of the year for the Muslim community. And uh, at work, there's, uh, you know, there's added stress uh, when you have to go to work and knowing that maybe your colleagues are not aware of Ramadan, they don't understand that not only are you fasting, uh, but also uh, you, you are barely getting any sleep, especially now as Ramadan is in the summers. And so being a welcoming uh, um, uh, company, being able to be flexible, being able to educate, even educating other uh, employees about Ramadan coming from the HR department is a little bit easier on the Muslim instead of, um, uh, you know, the Muslim uh, uh, employees having to go out and explain everything is sometimes also very, um, uh, you know, um, frustrating at times because you have to explain it over and over and over, which Muslims welcome, but I think sometimes also a little bit easier. When it comes to the accommodation aspect, it's also much better to be something, a message coming out from the HR department or even from the managers, uh, just so that it, it is uh, much more widely shared as a company uh, uh, environment and a welcoming policy rather than something that is being mandated uh, by um, just one individual in, in the office. So uh, um, Ramadan, uh, like I said, is, is, uh, is essential. It's, it's also uh, a time when uh, the global Muslim community is much, much more connected with themselves because every day they're seeing their, their friends and families. And the late night prayers, every night, imagine you're going to the mosque every night um, and every night you're seeing your, your neighbors, your community members who you usually see once a week throughout the year. Now you're seeing them every single night for 30 days. So it's a really powerful community building. Um, and in the Muslim community, businesses still operate. So just because in the Ramadan Ramadan, businesses don't reduce. In fact, at the, the end of the holiday is the biggest you know, um, sale that goes on in the month of Ramadan. So um, that's something that's very important. If you also as a company are interested in celebrating with the Muslim community, the Eid holiday or even Ramadan is one way you can put out uh, billboards, digital ad billboards, uh, just to, 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 um, to welcome or even to celebrate or to uh, acknowledge the month of Ramadan and also the Eid celebration that follows. Um, uh, today in the United States, there's a movement by the uh, interfaith community, churches across the, uh, the country and here, particularly in Minnesota, where they've created campaigns called the Blessed Ramadan and they put up signs in their, uh, um, their uh, moniker on, outside their church or even these lawn signs that say Blessed Ramadan or welcoming Ramadan. And so corporates uh, can do similarly uh, the, the, the same things as well. Uh, so that's something I, I, I definitely encourage. Um, um, and that's a step that we're starting to see also companies do a little bit more. Um, sometimes in your corporate um, uh, or your company, you might have a Muslim, an, or an organization or a group of Muslims that are organized uh, in the company that meet and also facilitate some of these things. Um, so they may be the right resource uh, to be able to have these conversations with them and to plan ahead uh, before Ramadan to do anything special in the office uh, and, and, and specifically communicating with the rest of the staff to know 
that Ramadan just started. Here's what Muslims do. Here's what your colleagues are doing. Uh, and here's what you need to uh, uh, focus on. With that said, I think that is kind of the overall summary of the month of Ramadan. Um, here's the f uh, final few recommendations. Uh, just understand in this month of Ramadan, uh, usually Muslims are fasting from sunup to sundown, uh, not eating or drinking. Uh, and again, some Muslims may not be fasting because there's a lot of exceptions to, to fasting. Um, being mindful around uh, early times, uh, early meetings, and hoping to have uh, uh, employees come a little bit later or, or even clients having later the day meetings. Be mindful about the end of the day um, or at night when Muslims are breaking their fast. Uh, having an idea of that schedule, which you can download from, from online or even have an app. Um, and then be mindful about the Eid holiday, which ends, which is the, uh, the, 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 the end of Ramadan. It's called the Eid al-Fitr, uh, and it's a Muslim holiday. Usually Muslim holidays are three days, but in the U.S. usually, if it's on a weekday, uh, people are usually just take off one day, uh, but they can take off uh, two, two to three days. Uh, one last point that I, I overstepped is the last 10 nights of Ramadan, Muslims usually, if they can take the time off, they do take the time off because they spend extra nights, uh, specifically even staying at the mosque later and, and, and continuing their prayer uh, longer. And so that's, some, that's a time where usually Muslims may take the entire full week off or, or, or extra days off. So that last 10 nights also are much more special because Muslims are spending extra time uh, because Muslims believe that one of those last nights, uh, if God accepts your your prayers uh it would be as if he accepted for 80 plus years of of good deeds work so it's a very it, it's something that muslims look forward to uh, uh it's called the, the night of power and uh it's equivalent to 80 years of worship um so that's that's why the last 10 nights are also extra special so people try to, to take some time off or they try to spend more time uh in in worship so with that said, I hope uh, you benefited from this uh, podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback or ideas. Um, and uh, I hope this helps you um, to be able to welcome and to have a much more welcoming environment and inclusive environment for your uh, Muslim employees and co colleagues and clients um, at uh, during, especially in the month of Ramadan. Wow. Thank you so much, Jaylani, for that very enlightening podcast. I, I know I certainly learned a lot about Ramadan um, that I didn't know before personally. So thank you for that. Um, if you would like to learn more about Ramadan and accommodating your Muslim friends and colleagues, uh, please feel free to just ask. It sounds like they are I'll, I'm more than happy to share about uh, Ramadan with you, and you can all and you can also visit um, Care Minnesota's website at www.carecairmn.com. Um, again, thank you, Jailani, so much, and I hope that you will we you will join us all join us for our upcoming podcast. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you again for listening to the Forum and Workplace Inclusion podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get updates on the latest episodes. Also, tell us what you think by reviewing our podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. For more information, visit us at forumworkplaceinclusion.org or search Workplace Forum on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you very much and have a great day.